Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, where everyone but us is a false teacher. So yeah, there's that. That's right. Those famous people you know that you really look up to. They're totally wrong. I'm the only well, me and Rob are the right ones. So, yep, you heard it here first. That's all. That's all. That's all. It's just really an announcement, not a, not a podcast. Just a, no, no, I'm joking. That's not. That's not a public service announcement. Yeah, PSA, buddy. Um, so that's not accurate. But we are today going to be talking about the topic. I mean, in case you were wondering. <laughs> And if, if you were taking my word for that, you have more problems than I can help you with. But I'm sure you were wondering. <laughs> I'm positive. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, today's topic is we're going to be talking about when do we draw the line and call out uh, false teachers? So I think here's the thing. There's, there's a couple of reasons I think this is important because... Um, Rob, I don't know if you're aware of them or not, but I'm on YouTube enough that it pops up. But there are people out there that they call themselves uh, discernment ministries, right? So they purposely call out different pastors, all famous. They're not any like of your local, you know, guys, but it's always people, a lot of people know about. And then uh, they'll work through their sermons and then they'll call them a false pastor. Now, let me clarify. I don't think working through someone's sermon is an issue. In fact, uh, that's a new series that I have on my channel. I think when it becomes an issue is whenever you deliberately um, are, 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 are putting the line in the sand in places that it doesn't necessarily need to be there. So, for example, as we were talking before we push record, uh, I don't think handling the Bible in a poor exegetical manner automatically makes you a false teacher, right? So I've made memes before about... Judah Smith or Stephen Furtick or Carl Lenz or um, people such as that. Um, and a lot of the times I'll get DMs about, hey, why are you calling these guys false teachers? And just in case, you know, comments don't count and you need an audio record of this, I'm not necessarily calling them false teachers. I, I've never actually used that term. I think they're very sloppy exegetically, um, but I don't think they are deliberately trying to mislead people. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I, I, I don't know of any blatant heresy that, for example, Judah or Carl um, has taught before. I think exegetically they're poor at best when they deal with the text, but I think we should save, you know, false teacher heresy talk for people like, uh, and let me just put this in audio version as well. I think Kenneth Copeland is a pretty big false teacher, uh, but that's deliberately because of heresies that we have had forever that he clearly preaches. So yeah. that's uh, to, oh, and somebody will ask for an example. So let me just give you one. Um, the little God doctrine. He, he's taught that we are like gods. We are like basically little gods. Um, so there's one. If you need more, do your own research. So, yeah, I think something that uh, came to my mind when you selected this or, uh, threw it out there that maybe we could do this uh, subject. But one of the things that came to my mind is that there, there has to be a distinction between uh, false teacher, because uh, that's a really weighty thing. Yeah. Right? That's like that. Term. You're not, 
you're not just saying, Hey, you're a bad preacher, right? Like this, a false teacher is someone who knows they're a false teacher and continues to teach falsely mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, for personal gain, for whatever it, it is, right? Um, now, while, while you can't uh, pretend to know someone's motive, uh, really, like the heart of it, mm-hmm. what, what you can do, right, it, after, um, you know, it, it, we'll just stick with Kenneth Copeland, like for, for something, he teaches something that clearly is not in Scripture, um, that you have to not only not do good exegesis, but like you have to straight up put meaning in a few texts, which is all you're going to find anyway, mm-hmm. that you have to put meaning in a few texts that even the like someone who is all about eisegesis wouldn't put in there. Right. Um, so it, it's a big term. Right. And I think something that popped in my mind uh, about this is the uh, in Acts chapter 18 um, with. uh, All right. Acts chapter 18, uh, verse 24, beginning in verse 24. um, Dr. Luke is telling the story and he says now a Jew named Apollos. Right. He's talking about Apollos and what happens. He's. Uh, he'd been instructed in the way of the Lord being fervent in spirit. He was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus being acquainted only with the baptism of John. So he had some inaccurate, some uh, incomplete doctrine and theology. Well, Priscilla and Aquila uh, knew better. They, they knew that doctrine that he was missing. And so they pulled him aside and um, taught him right now. They in today's day and age, Priscilla and Aquila could have very easily just pulled him aside and or called him out or you know gotten some public form and been like he's a false you know, but that's that's not what they did. Like this was clearly a brother who was passionate about the gospel, passionate about what Jesus was about, right? Um, but just had some things that he needed to grow in, like he didn't understand completely or he didn't know about in the mm-hmm. first place. And so they pulled him aside and worked with him. And I think we need to, uh, we need to know that that's a thing, right? That there are folks who just don't know any better, right? Um, who have maybe some false leanings or some struggles or incomplete theology, whatever it might be. Um, uh, so uh, like there's a definite distinction between people who are uh, newer believers and don't know and people who are not believers and and saying things on purpose to lead people astray for maybe personal gain or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I think um, when you said that it was a weighty thing, that it's super weighty because of the definition, yeah. right? So, I mean, purposely not doing things that, I mean, they're purposely leading people astray, which is why I think it's also very careful. I mean, you got to be careful in any regard to to lay out that title to uh, in the same in the same category i would put declaring someone a heretic would be also that thing just be careful on that because i think we throw that around really easily um and we don't realize it sometimes i mean so looking back on some of my early stuff like way way back when i was in youth group and they allowed me to talk um 
if heresy was something you burnt people at the stake for, I would be dead. So, I mean, that's just, <laughs> it's one of those things where luckily though, there were people that came, I mean, in, in much like that situation uh, with an uh, ax there and uh, said, Hey, okay, let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Now, I think the important thing is that um, especially like our, so I think it's important to discuss this, the people that I mentioned before, like the uh, Stephen Furtick for me, just as we're having this discussion, let me just flatly say, I don't know where I would put him. He's almost in an in-between category for me at this point, just because of the things that he said, but I don't know. So I'm not going to place him anywhere. But um, I think for people like, for example, I think Judas Smith's a great example, right? The dude, if you listen to him, is passionate for Jesus. He, he wants people to know who Jesus is, but I think it's, he needs, I know for me, a lowly, lowly Instagram podcaster to say this about him, which everyone knows, but I don't think it makes any difference who's saying it to who someone needs to come alongside of him and say, Hey, you're passionate but there's a better, uh, there, there's more to this than what you're saying kind of thing. Um, so I think there's a huge distinction made there where we pray for those people that, Hey, God's a huge God and can literally put anybody in a position to talk to anybody. Right. I mean, it's totally possible. Um, so just pray that, Hey God, you, you know, what's going on, you know, the situation, you know, how you're working. I trust in that. Um, and if you could send somebody along to, I mean, again, I don't need them to agree with my theology. I just want them to, 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 to do exegetical work. <laughs> Refer mm-hmm. to the last episode on yeah. that. So I think somebody like him is much different than a Kith- Kenneth Copeland or um, who's the guy that Kenneth runs around with? I don't remember his name. Todd White is one. Uh, yeah, there's one more, though. He's an older gentleman as well. Oh. I, uh, Gosh, I don't know. I don't have time. I, I, I was going to look it up, but it'll take forever. But the point is people that deliberately are preaching, asking you to sow, Benny Hinn, right? For example, asking you to yeah, sow yeah. seeds. Um, and the, you know, if you do this, then this will happen for you. If you, you know, give money to this ministry, then God will bless you. Um, that are deliberately preaching things outside of the word, not just not understanding the text exegetically, but deliberately turning what it says to something entirely different than what it says over and over and over and building a ministry on that, which is why I think one of the qualifications that Paul mentions is, you know, for example, you know, they don't do things for gain. It's not something you're not preaching so that you can be, you know, have five jets and six houses and all of this nonsense um, because that's not, it's not the purpose. So I think we have to lay the line down. Now, when we do call them out, I think we have to just say, call them out and have good reason for why. I mean, Paul does this. I mean, he, he just flatly says, you know, um, you know, the you know, false teachers don't associate with them, call them out, make sure that people know mm-hmm. who they are. Because what does happen, have you ever, have you ever heard anyone defend Kenneth Copeland before? It happens. <laughs> That's my yeah, point. I'm sure it happens. I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it. No. Okay. There's lots of times in the comment sections, I'll get a DM about him being a man of God or really influencing someone's life and, you know, being mm-hmm. very prayerful. And here's the thing on that. I don't doubt that he's impacted people's lives. I don't doubt that he probably, I mean, the man probably prays a lot. Um, 
my point though in all of that is that it's a matter of um, the teaching that he does and the way he directs people uh, he directs them in a way that is opposite of what the scripture says and uh, rarely if ever uh, have I ever heard him talk about um, well just the plain gospel as far as sin and salvation yeah. and what that leads you to um, and what I really admire, uh, for example, is somebody like Acosti Hinn that was in that. And if you listen to Acosti talk uh, in any podcast, he'll, he'll say all the time that, you know, I mean, he's been in it. He's seen it. He's, he's just calling it out for what it is. Um, and that he does, he does pray for those people. And he does hope that one day that their heart changes. But he's not, he's not shy about calling it out and saying, look, if you think this is what the gospel is, I can tell you I was in it. I was there. That's not what it is. So uh, I think Mm -hmm. he's, if you're looking for like an example of somebody that walks this line really well, that still loves and wants, wants them to come to know Jesus, but isn't afraid to call them out and say, you know, this is what it is. Don't like, you know, tiptoe around it. Don't pretend like it's something it's not. So yeah, I think he's actually a really, and I I thought of that name even while you were talking, and then you brought him up. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're on the same wavelength. It's 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 spirit led. Uh, I tell you what, but uh, so like Costi Hinn actually would would in my mind be a picture of who I was talking about at first, right? Like when he was growing up in that under under Uncle Benny. Right when he was when he was brought up in that sort of uh, health and wealth garbage, um, he he believed it. It was what he was taught. Right, and so if Costi would have been spreading that word to me, that doesn't speak false teacher as much as it speaks someone who was preached a crappy gospel that's not true. It's not the real gospel. So he's one of the people Paul talks to when he says, beware, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so uh, I think that God got a hold of Costi through a variety of look him up on YouTube. He, mm-hmm. You'll see some videos. You, it's not hard to find his testimony. It's great. Um, but God got a hold of him and it, he began to enlighten him with the scriptures and, and seeing things and using people in his life. And he came to know the truth of the gospel and uh, now you're right. Now he has no trouble lovingly calling out uh, his uncle. Um, and I mean, it was, it was some, um, you know, I, like I don't feel like you can be real and at the same time say Benny Hinn is not a false teacher. Um, I've heard people say that he uh, seems to be someone who believes what he's saying to be true. And so deceived more than false teacher. But I just personally don't buy that because when you look at all of the evidence and all of the things, like if he weren't a false teacher, if he really believes this, he's going to have people that that have like severed hands come up on stage you know what i mean like people that have these obviously like but but that never happens it, it's always in fact they keep those people away on purpose like they legitimately it, it's just it's all just such a big sham and 
Um, and the, the big thing that makes false teachers so bad, and that's why we talked about the weight of it, mm-hmm. is because they, they intentionally are preaching a false gospel mm-hmm. and leading many people astray with, with the doctrine that they teach and the specific people we're talking about now uh, in this health and wealth kind of movement we have, which is really one of the major ones today being oh, yeah. preached. Mm-hmm. Um, not the only, but one of the major ones today being preached by people. That's a false doctrine, a false gospel. Now you're teaching people to um, you're changing the very gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Now you're putting faith in your own faith, essentially, and nothing else. Like you're putting faith in my works. If I do such and such, then God will bless me with such and such. And one, material blessings and health freaking mean nothing, right? Like in comparison to the kingdom and, and what you're gaining in Christ. So it like it just the whole thing is flawed. Yeah. What what you gain, what they, you know, how you get it, it's all just flawed. Well, and I think why it's so important to draw that line like what you said as far as them deceiving people. That's the worst part of it. Is that yeah. you have people that you'll speak to that again, I think like you said Paul is is pleading with within his letters that hey, don't be deceived. This is what the gospel looks like. This is the, you know, what comes out of it. This is how it is to be lived out. Uh, because they're believing it. Well, they're being deceived by somebody preaching a totally different gospel that is convincing these people that they are, they are part of the family of God, that they are part of the kingdom. So mm, yeah. uh, it's not even a sense that it, it, it's worse than somebody just not believing because the people that don't believe, um, they know they don't believe. They're they know that and they can communicate as such. Whereas when you communicate with somebody um, that, that is really deep and deceived within the move, you know, within that um, they think they're fine. In fact, they don't even think it's an issue. They think that you're just, you're squabbling over secondary doctrines and issues that aren't important and we can all just be part of the family. I mean, that's what they think. Yeah. Um, and in, again, some cases that's accurate. In some cases it's totally off base because they're believing things that, are part of a false gospel that are giving them a false sense of security. And those people are honestly much harder to, to reach with, with the gospel of Jesus Christ because they already think they have a false, they have a false security. So they're more than happy um, to follow, you know, uh, the Kenneth Copeland's or the uh, uh, Benny Hens or the Joel Olsteins of the world because, you know, if I do that, then everything's great. If I do that, there's only encouragement. If I do that, then probably good things will happen. If I do that, you know, uh, God answers everything I ask him for, or, you know, close to it. Um, and uh, it, it's just a matter of, the, I found that those people, that, that's why I would be hesitant to use the word for everybody, but when you, it's obvious and blatant, you need to draw the line and call it out. And especially. So, for example, whenever you start seeing people that previously preached the gospel, like the gospel, heading into that camp is why instead of just declaring them a false teacher now or a false, you know, it, where it's a matter of, like you said, they, you come up and say, hey, you're obviously very passionate about this. And then you walk them through the gospel and see, um, 
you know, just have them. I think part of Costi, I don't know if it's the one you're talking about, but one of the things I heard in one of Costi's testimonies is somebody set him down and say, okay, you say this is the gospel. Show me in here where it says that. And just has an open conversation with this person saying, okay, well, this is what you believe. I just show me that and let's have a discussion about it instead of coming like right at them and be like, you're wrong, you're stupid, you don't understand it. And just having that dialogue saying, okay, if this is what you believe, I just show me. And then letting the Holy Spirit through God's word actually be the thing that opens their eyes to the fact that, you know, through proper understanding of, like we talked about last episode, hermeneutics and exegetical and context and looking at all that. Um, that's not going to happen every time. Um, but allowing the Holy Spirit to, to work on them through just open discussion of showing, you know, okay, show me where it says that. I'll show you where it says this and let's just talk through it a little bit. So I think it's an important distinction to make other than just cutting people off as soon as they start heading that direction. Yeah, I think um, to, to that kind of point, what, maybe a good way to say it, here's a tweetable phrase for everyone. Hey. Uh, maybe, maybe a good way to say it is that it's important to call out false doctrine before we jump to calling them false teachers. Mm, okay, yes. Like, like, like that's, that's uh, you know, we have, okay, so here's, First Timothy 5, 19 and 20 says this. Uh, Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. Now, I know, bear with me, I know that's not a false teacher thing, um, but these are, uh, these are elders in, uh, within the church world, right? And, the, and Paul is telling them, as for those who persist in sin, meaning those who uh, hear the, the truth, hear what needs to happen, hear, you know, the correct correction, and persist in sin, meaning I don't care, I'm not listening to you, you're full of garbage, right? Those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. There's some application there to what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Because uh, if, if, if if God wants us to do that with elders, right, within the church world, with people who have that responsibility... Um, most people who are false teachers are going to have some sort of elder status or at least be looked up to in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, even if they're not, the, the idea is those who hear the truth and, and persist in sin, um, we are called to publicly rebuke people who, and, and it's not, notice it's not necessarily just for the sake of them, Right. Yeah. So that the rest may stand in fear. It's for the sake of all the people who are seeing this happen. So we're, we're doing, uh, it's important to call out false teachers when the occasion presents itself, um, not only for their sake, uh, but for the sake of the people who might hear this and be tricked by it for the sake of the bit of the costly hens, right. Of the world yeah. who, who maybe are young in the faith, barely in the faith, whatever, and they hear these things and they can be tricked by it. They can be won over by these false teachings. That's why they're so dangerous. And that's why they must be called out Mm -hmm. when that occasion happens. Yeah. Excellent. 
So um, hopefully the distinction has been made in a clear way um, that, I mean, look, there's a lot of heresy that's happened throughout church history. So you're not going to know all of it. Um, It would be a good idea to be aware of some of it. I mean, you can just search it and find that um, just so that you're a little knowledgeable of it um, because there are more of that thing happening more in the prosperity movement than anywhere else. Not that heresy isn't taught other places. It is. Uh, but just so you recognize it. Um, but really just ending uh, my ending point here would be this kind of ties in with our last episode. So if you do good biblical ex, exegete, exegetical work, um, it's going to be easier to identify false teachers because false teachers, as Rob said at the beginning, are those that are preaching a different gospel. Uh, they are the ones that are purposely deceiving uh, the body uh, toward that false gospel. So if you understand how a text is uh, worded, what it's saying to the original audience, how it applies now in every aspect, right? Um, this is why it's good, as we said in the last episode, to sit down and study and do the work so you can point this out. Then you're going to be able to identify uh, these false teachers. Don't take my word that Kenneth Copeland's a false teacher or Joe Olstein is a false teacher. I don't, I mean, that's me talking that's the conclusion I've come to listen to. I mean, I say this a thousand times, guys, people think that when I point people out, I'm saying, don't listen to them. Please <laughs> listen to them. Please. For the love of everything, listen to six, seven, eight sermons. And I'm not going to have to be the one that convinces you of it. If you look at the text they're preaching versus what they're saying, I don't see how you're not going to come away seeing that what they're saying does not line up with the scripture. Please listen to them. Please double check them. Uh, everybody, not just them, um, for your own, for your own sake. Um, but my end point would be, don't listen to me about it. Look at it uh, and be aware of heresies that are out there that have been taught for centuries and how the church has combated them with scripture. And that's going to help you a lot to not jump the gun or not take too lightly this whole situation. That would be my, my last point. Yeah. Um, my last point is this you um you the listener whatever the the believer in christ right um i i'm a pastor i'm uh, i in in some uh respect am held responsible right in the next life for the way that i pastored for the truth that i taught and for the false truth that i might have taught i'm responsible for my actions in this world as a pastor and in my shepherding of the people that god has given me and in the same way that i am responsible for what i have done you are responsible for what you have done so if you sit back as a believer and just simply hear whatever the pastor says even a matt chandler who i agree with right like even someone even a jeff vanderstelt who i probably is an icon to me that i need to stop with right even <laughs> even these people who i would say are really good teachers and teach the truth right even those folks if I just sit back and listen to them and never, never look it up, never see for myself, never test them uh, with the scripture, then if they're wrong, it's not their problem. On judgment day, it is my problem. If I've been led astray, neglected to look it up for myself, neglected to care about it myself and just hear them like they're Jesus talking to me, mm-hmm. right? 
at the end of the day, you need to do the research. You need to do your Bible study. You need to take that seriously because it's the very word of God given to us so that we would do that ourselves. Yeah. Good deal. All right, guys. So hopefully this was helpful. Um, there's a lot of people calling lots of people false teachers. And that's helpful to a regard, but don't just take their word for it. Look into it yourself. Have a great day. We'll talk to Peace. you next time.